My name's Michael. I'm uh, part of the team here at One Heart. So, um, yeah, welcome. If anyone's new here today, it's good to see you. Oh, Michael's here again. That's great. Yeah, there's a few new faces, so that's, that's good. Hope you, um, yeah, hope you enjoy the service and hope you get a lot out of it uh, for, for your own life. Um, yeah, this morning, just going to follow on from last week when Pastor Kylie spoke. This is sort of like part two. It, it won't seem like it, but it is. So if you, didn't, if you weren't here last week and didn't hear Pastor Kylie's um, great message on what God is really like, um, make sure you download it. Um, it was about Simon, the, the, uh, a Pharisee, and a woman that came with um, perfume and broke it at Jesus' feet. So what we're going to look at today is... Um, Freedom from a critical spirit. So if you want to turn to 2 Kings 5, 1 to 15, that's the, uh, it's the story of uh, Naaman um, in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So if you want to navigate your way to that. In Ephesians 5, 25 to 27, It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. Just in that verse, just focus on the uh, not so much the husband and wife bit, but the Christ bit. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So a critical, a critical spirit, it's a bit of a meaty topic, I suppose. Um, the the um, bike... I, I called it a critical spirit because when, when you have this in your life, and I'm talking from my own experience because I've, I've had this at different times and I think a lot of people battle with it, which is why I felt to bring it this morning that it, that it would help, help us all. Um, it's not, it's not um, you know, a, a being able to see a, a genuine problem and working through into a result. That's not what it's about. Um, it, and it's not, it's not a positive thinking seminar. Um, you know, you, there's, you have those in the world, but that's not what it is. It's, it's um, because it's something that God has to do. It's something of the, the Holy Spirit has to do in our, in our minds, in our hearts. It's, it's something that he, he has to be involved in and He has to do the work for, for us to... Um, walk um, in freedom from this. And, and it's important in this day and age, I mean, it's probably been like, like this from day dot, but in, this, in the world currently, there's so much critical uh, analysis of everybody and everything. Um, you know, even the TV shows, you, you know, well, you didn't lose enough weight, you, you're out, or you didn't, you know, you cook your steak, well done, you're out, you know. 
whatever it is. We don't like your personality. We're going to kick you out. It, it's all this. It's so much heavy critical analysis on everything. And if we go to this, this, move on to the story about Naaman in the Bible in two kings. Naaman. Um, let's let's read. Well, as you're following through, we'll do it bit by bit. So in 2 Kings 5, chapter 5, verse 1, it says, The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, or Naaman, I'm not sure how you say it, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. So the, here we have this, um, this man, this great commander, who's commanded great victories and had mighty victories, and he's a leader in, in, of armies. And he's, he's doing uh, these great and mighty things for this king. But it, just at the end it says, but he suffered from leprosy. And, you know, when Naaman was... When Naaman was walking through doing life, he, he, he had this, I don't know where it was, but he would have had this leprosy, whether it was on his hand or his leg or somewhere. And he was, would have always been conscious of this, this issue, this, this fault that he had. He, he would always have to keep it covered up and it would be constantly in his thinking. Even, even after he'd gone out and defeated a mighty army, in his mind, there'd be all the, always be this, but I've got leprosy. I've got this, I've got this issue, this fault. And he's, he would have been con always thinking about that, night and day. He couldn't, he couldn't escape it. It, it. it would have infiltrated everything he, he did. And it would have superseded the victories, I think. It would have superseded that. And... And so, this, for us, I think it, I believe it corresponds with, with unhealthy thinking or overly critical or negative thinking. So it's a constant seeing and focusing on the negatives, on the things not right and, and the faults in yourself, in your, faults in yourself firstly, in others, in church, in work, in family, in everything. It's an overemphasis, an overfocus on that issue. And I've called it a negative spirit rather than a negative mindset or negative thinking because it invades, it invades your whole world. It inv invades how you think about God. It invades every part of your life. And you can't escape from it. It's like a cage that traps your thinking and your life and severely hinders your growth. And it robs your joy, your peace and your thankfulness. And ultimately, a critical spirit is a symptom and an offshoot of, of our pride, of pride in our life. Um, pride is a, is a funny thing because you, you can only really identify it by the, the fruit that it produces, by the symptoms, by the actions, in the same as humility. So Naaman had, and this, a critical spirit often develops when in the Naaman's case and in our case, when we do something 
that is we we see or is of good worth of a great deed or great works but it develops when we instead of um see Naaman wasn't a christian in our in our terms or he wasn't he wasn't a follower of god god had used him but he didn't acknowledge god he didn't acknowledge that it was god that did it so he's done some great things but he's he's given the ultimate um uh, credit i suppose to himself rather than god and that's and that's where it it starts it can be as simple as well i'm a fairly uh, moral person um i i don't drink i don't swear uh i don't you know I, i'm i'm give to the poor i do this and that and that's good great wonderful but when you attribute that morality as um crediting yourself as in it it's me i've done it i've started it or maybe you're running a a, a good business a healthy business and you accredit it to yourself rather ultimately god is credited with every every good thing that happens um you just think of that story with nebuchadnezzar when he's done all these great works and he stand he gets up and says look at all these amazing things i've done by my own hand and then god says and he did acknowledge god and then he gets sent out into the wilderness with a he has a mental problem for seven years eats grass like a cow his fingernails grow foot long and his hair gets all matted and and then after the i think it's seven years he gets down on his knees and he says god i acknowledge that that you gave me all that ultimately it was you and then god restores him back to his 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 place um as the king or king yeah king um in any skills that we have even practical or spiritual gifts or abilities anything if you have the ability to think well to do to to run a business to do admin or anything it's all of it ultimately is is given by god and and he we need to give him the credit so this uh this naman guy he's got he's got um he's got people around him and he's it says in uh 2 kings 5 3 one day the girl said to her mistress i wish my master would go to see the prophet in samaria he would heal him of his leprosy and then in 5:6 it says i'm not sure if i've got that one no in 5:6 it says the le- the letter to the king of israel said with this letter i present my servant naaman i want you to heal him of his leprosy so there's this um this girl says i wish he would go to see the prophet who was elisha and he would heal him and so um the king of aram says sends him off to the king of israel with a letter saying i want my servant naaman healed of this leprosy and the, so there's people around him and they can see they can see this uh issue i suppose with naaman and they they want to help and they 
they want to be able to do something to help him. Because, you see, when he, with this issue, with leprosy, obviously you can't get real close to that person. You can't touch them. You can't. And they, and they had this feeling, I wish he would be healed of his leprosy. We want to be able to get close to, to Naaman. We want to be able to have good interactions without this, this issue that's sort of creating a wall or a blockage in relationship with the people around, around him. And so, and so people are, want to get close, but they can't. So they, they're asking for this man would be healed. And so, you know, he, the thing about the critical spirit, as I said earlier, is that it, it sort of it infiltrates every part of your life. So not only does it uh, start to, you, you're thinking about other people, but it's about, it turns and backfires on yourself as well. And you start focusing on your own uh, faults and failures. Uh, and that creates that barrier. So he didn't like himself or his situation. And this critical spirit infiltrates and permeates his whole life and he transfers it onto others around him. In a sense, he's, he's stuck in that way and he can't help it. He needs a mind renewal. So the servant girl from Israel is the one that suggested he should go see Elijah. She, she's an insider. She, she's from Israel. She knows the healing power of God. She, she knows that God can heal Naaman of this issue and we need to believe the same thing for our own lives and for people around us and the thing is they were, they were bearing with Naaman as well during this time he wasn't ostracized and cast out they were bearing with him and we need to bear with each other even when we were having an issue in this area or struggling with this we need to say no God can heal God can heal and as long as he as long as we continue to be in the presence of God or, or go you know, to a place where God can touch us, whatever, wherever that may be, in your lounge room, in prayer, or whatever, God, God can heal. And so off, off Naaman goes with his um, horses and chariots and he and he's, goes to Elisha's house and he waited at the, at the door of Elijah's house. And it says, but Elijah sent uh, a message out to him with this, a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you'll be healed of your leprosy. So Elijah didn't even come out of the house. So Naaman comes with his big, his chariot, his group of followers, his, his regal outfit to Elisha's house and Elisha doesn't even come out. All, all, he, all he sends out is a messenger with a message. And he says his message to Naaman is go wash seven times in the Jordan River. Now the Jordan River, the Jordan River was a place where um, is the Israelites, after God had taken the Israelites out of Egypt through the Red Sea, part of the Red Sea, 
They went into the wilderness for a period, and then they came to the Jordan River. The Jordan River was the place where they crossed over again. But this, the first one was, the, as it is the baptism of salvation, when God saves, it represents him saving us from our sin. We're baptized, we're washed clean. And then the going through the Jordan is a picture of taking hold of the promises of God, of what he's called us to do, of what he's, the, the land he's called us to take hold of, and his faithfulness and his, his power to, to do that for us was the key. So they didn't cross the first time because they didn't have faith in God's power um, that he would deliver them and, and that they could cross and could take the land. So this, the Jordan, I, I believe, represents an immersion in the promises and faithfulness of God. It was a reminder that God was the source of, Israel, of Israel's strength and victories. It was a supernatural reminder. And even uh, in this church, how many times um, do we, we constantly get encouraged to read our Bible? And, and, it's, um, and it's so important because a, a critical spirit uh, uh, grows better, I suppose, when we, if we neglect the Word of God. If we, ne- if we neglect n- reminding ourselves how good God is of His promises, of His faithfulness, of His strength, if we neglect that, then it, then it provides a good environment for this to grow and, and develop. Um, and so there's a process of renewal of our mind that follows when we are born again, that follows after we're born again. There's a process of the renewal of our mind. And so is everyone going okay? So this, so Naaman, when he gets this message from Elisha through, through the door, he says, but Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I, I expected him to wave his hand over me, over the leprosy, and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. So he gets, Naaman gets angry. He gets angry at Elijah because he doesn't show him proper honor and respect. The man he is, the mighty man of, you know, that he is, has won these great victories. He doesn't even give him the honor of coming out and shaking his hand or saying hi. And, and he's, he's angry. And he's, he's expecting something to happen in a certain way. And it doesn't happen as he expected it. He expected Elisha just to come up and just wave his hand and leprosy's gone and he can go back to where he was. But Elijah had to deliver a different message uh, and, it, and it required Naaman to, to undertake a process of humbling himself and of washing in this river seven times because that was the only way he could be healed of this of the leprosy. So Elijah had to deliver the message that God had given him for his healing. If he delivered any other message, he wouldn't have got healed. And so Naaman is angry and critical. And when pride and a critical spirit gets a hold of you, you get angry at people, angry at church leaders, 
their faults are your focus. You might hide it well, but inside you are easily angered whenever someone does something wrong or doesn't give you the attention or hurts your pride. You're just waiting for it, ready for it, tuned to it. And that's what it's like. And it's, not, it's a horrible place to be. No one wants to have that in their life at all. It's horrible. I've experienced it, and it's, it's a rotten place to be. Your world is just is not, not great at all. And, but when, the, when you get free of that, when God heals you of that, then the joy starts to come back. The, 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 the excitement cut starts to come back. The, being able to relate to people better starts to come back. It, it's like, a, it's like a, your world opens up again. It's a wonderful thing. And so Naaman's critical of Elisha. He's critical of the person that, that told him to wash in the Jordan or critical of the message. And, and he's yeah, critical of the messenger and critical of the message. He says, aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpar, better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So he's, he's like, he's second guessing. He's critical of Elisha's message that he gives him. And, and, and it's like, um, you know, it's too... You critic, you, and for us, it's like we get... Uh, this is like Naaman says, you tell me to do this, what do you know? Can't I do this or that or the other? Why is this what, advice so wise? I've got more understanding and wisdom. I don't need to be taught. That's really what he was saying. He's saying, what's wrong with this river or that river? Why do I have to go all the way to the Jordan? And we can get critical of the advice um, given by pastors or leader or everyone, in fact. So we, get, we come to the point where we know best and we lose our teachability. And if we lose our teachability, then we're going to miss out on healings. We're going to miss out on, on, on the steps of good advice or good wisdom that will take us where God wants us to be. And in two... I'm not sure if I've got this one, but no. In 2 Kings 5.13, but he, so Naaman's in this... He's, he's angry at Elisha, he's angry at what he has to do. But then it says in 2 Kings 5.13, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, Sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he simply says, go and wash and be cured. So he has, he has people to counsel him. I think they would have done it gently. If someone's angry and, and mad, you don't go up and try and beat him over the head, they would, have, they would have been a bit apprehensive. Well, Naaman, just think about it for a minute. If, if, if the message was something real complicated and hard, you would have done it, but it's, it's just simply going down and washing in the Jordan. So he gets this counsel, and, and he, he, he gets persuaded. And... You know, sometimes you, you might hear a message, well, go and read your Bible. Or, you know, telling us to read our Bible, and we think, but it's too simple. I'm, you know, I've, I, I'm, wise, I'm wiser than that. I've got more, give me something difficult, I can handle it. I've, you know, and our pride gets in the way of, we want this complicated system. And, and he's, he's just saying, well, just 
You should just simply wash your, read the Bible and just, just wash in that. Then you'll get healed. But we, but we think it's too simple. And so he, but to his credit, after this persuasion, he, he, Naaman does choose to go. And, and he heads off to the, to the um, Jordan to, be, to wash himself seven times. And, you know, and with some gentle persuasion, it, people can change their mind about certain issues. They can think, hang on a minute, that, that sense, that you're talking sense to me, and I, and I understand it now, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll just follow it, and, and I'll, just, I'll just see what happens. And so, um, yeah. In, uh, as I said, this, you know, for, for, for uh, quite a while I had this um, issue in my own life. And, and um, you know, I, there was a certain verse that, that God really spoke to me. I'd read it a hundred times and I'd thought, yep, that's great. That's good. And, you know, for the next five minutes, I'd be like, yep, I'm... I'm I, I can do this, this is great, but I'd, and, and this is the verse that, oh, hang on, let's, just, oh, no, sorry, I haven't got it up there. Um, this is the verse in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I'd read that a hundred times and I thought, yeah, that, that's good. I'm going to do that. And as I said, it lasted about five minutes. But there came a time when it was like, it's like a, I had a default. It's like if you're, um, uh, if you're trying to find some information on the net or something and you've got this, you've got the default homepage it's like Bing or, you know, one of those search engines that you don't want. You know, Ask or those weird ones that don't give you the results you want. And so you change it. You go to type in google.com. There's a plug for Google. Type in www.google.com. Get to their home, their home page and then away you go. And it's all good. But it was like that. So I could switch to that page for a bit. But then as soon as I'd go back, turn on my computer again, up and pop this Bing or 9MSN or something like that. Sorry to those companies. I'm sure they're not listening. But, <laughs> um, but when I read it this, this time, it was, it was like, I suppose sometimes you get that revelation when God, it, it just opens up to you and, it, and it's like the default page changes. And sometimes you might accidentally navigate to Bing or 9MSN, but when you come back, it, you've got that home page there. And, 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 it's, and, and so you still might have the, the struggle of, of that critical mindset, but it's not your homepage anymore. So, focusing on bad things about yourself, others, leaders, and church pulls you down. It reduces your joy and thankfulness to God. It seriously reduces your fruitfulness and hinders growth. And it makes church more difficult for for, for all, really, um, yourself and, and all. And, 
And the thing about it is, this is the real insidious thing about it, is that you can think that it's a holy mindset when you're in it. You can think that it's a righteous mindset when you're in it. Because you think it's self-depreciating and humble, but it isn't. Because that's, that's not the way God wants us to think. He doesn't want us constantly thinking about the faults in, in ourselves or in other people or in the church or in your family or your husband or wife or your job or your work. That's not the mind of, of Christ. It's a, it's a humanistic mind. It's, a, it's what we fall into. And so, yes, there may be things that we need to work on. Of course there is. There's, there's things that we all need to work on in church, in our own lives. But to have that constant, critical focus on it is unhealthy. And, and it's, not, it's not good. And it's not in line with how God thinks about you, others, and the church. He doesn't think about you in that, in that overcritical way. Um, and we can focus on and meditate on those bad things. They may well be true, they may well be true, and they often are true, but it doesn't help at all. And, you know, we'll see more joy focusing on the good things in ourselves and, and acknowledging God in it. We'll see more joy. Instead of always seeing, see, when Naaman got healed of his leprosy, it was gone. He didn't have this constant attention grabbing on this fault, this issue in his life. He was healed of it. The, 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 the leprosy was gone. It was out of his consciousness uh, afresh. And he could look at the good things that he was doing, thank God for him, look at the good attributes in his own life. And, you know, I lived with that for years of constantly just um, negative thoughts about myself, berating myself, beating myself up because of this issue, that issue. Didn't do that right. You didn't do this right. You didn't say that right. You didn't. You know, and it's, it, it wears you down. It drains you. And, but when, it, when I saw this verse, the main thing that God, well, not, well, one of the main things was about myself. I had to focus on what was true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy about myself and, and others and the church. Because there's, there's a whole multitude of good, lovely, noble, right, admirable things, excellent, praiseworthy things in, in one heart, in, in leaders, in Pastor Rob, Pauline, Josh, Kylie, in all of you guys, in everyone here. There's, there's heaps of good things. And so, you see, the mind of Christ, for who has known the the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him but we have the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ um, isn't, isn't, isn't a over, uh, constantly critical mind it's not and ultimately Naaman's problem whether he could identify it or not started with uh, a wrong, he had a wrong view of the way God thinks towards us and as I said, the critical focus, it, it invades your life. It's not only yourself and others, 
but it even extends to God himself. And you start thinking that God is critical. God is negative. God is judging. God is constantly on my back. God is recording all my sins. God is... But, but in reality, you only have to read... Um, if we read the word and renew our minds, um, it talks about God being for us. It says he doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. It says he accepts us when he accepts his son, Jesus Christ. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to give us wisdom and love and joy and peace and patience and hope, etc. That's the, that's the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ, that, that spiritual mind of Christ is a, is a good mind to build up. Um, yes, there's things that need to be addressed, uh, as we said before. You know, things need to be corrected and changed. But, but that's appropriately. The, 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 the general mindset is one of looking at the positive things and the good things about each other and about church and about life in general. Um, you know, I'd, as for Naaman, I don't know how much he knew about God or the ways of God, but I, leave, but I think he would have had some understanding because Israel had a reputation in that day, a widespread reputation. And he would have had some understanding of God. Um, and even that little the servant girl, that Israelite servant girl, I'm sure she would have um, elaborated on the stories of God and what God did for the people of Israel. And, so, and, and in that day, see, the uh, people with leprosy, they were considered as cursed by God. They were considered as, your faults have caused this issue in your life. That was what the, that was what the prevailing... Um, uh, thought was of that day and so he was being punished by God for some degree so that was that was his mindset um, but in John 9 1 to 3 it says as Jesus as Jesus was walking along he saw a man who had been born blind from birth rabbi his disciples asked him why was this man born blind was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. And, you know, we can attribute our difficulties or our issues because of our sin or our faults and failures, but the fact is Jesus has covered us with his blood. And when he's covered us, he's made us whole. And, and, he can, and he's drawn us to himself. And he says that we are perfect and we're being made holy in the process. And so this, um, this um, yeah, that, that's who we are in Christ. And so any, any issue or, or difficulty is, is, a, is, a, is an opportunity for God to do something powerful in our life. It's an opportunity for God to do something powerful in, in, in somebody else's life around us. So God is not always finding fault and criticizing all the negatives and constantly focusing on what's wrong with us, others, and the church. He's just not. Um, now, I'll get the, if the music team want to come up. There was a good... Um, here's a good quote for you. God does good things to bad people. That was um, Pastor Rob a few few weeks ago. God does good things to bad people. 
fact is God loves us and Jesus died for us. And even if we have got issues or whatever wrong with us, God does good things to bad people. He's done good things to me. He's done good things to you. And he constantly does good things. And so Naaman, he went down to the Jordan River and he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child. And he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel, so please accept a gift from your servant. See, when, when God healed Naaman, it was like a revelation to him. It was like, man, because he was... He was in the process, he was angry at Elisha. He was angry at the message. He, he was... He, he, and then God does something good to him. God heals him and it, his mindset changed. He thought, hang on a minute. God has done a good thing for me. And God wasn't thinking, Naaman, you're such a critical, angry, impatient person. Forget healing you. That wasn't what God had in his mind at all. He wanted to do good to Naaman. He wanted him to be healed of this issue. And, you know, when... I think this just blew Naaman away when he, when he got healed of, this, of, this, of his leprosy and seeing how good God was to him. And it blows us away when he does good things for us as well. And when... You know, when he was washing in that Jordan, as I said, he's probably got some idea of the Israelite story in that. I wonder if he was sitting there washing thinking, this is where the Israelites, God opened up the Jordan for the Israelites. This is where he said he'd be faithful to them, bring them into the land, give them, give them the, all his promises. This is where he said that he was his strength to Israel. And as he's washing, I wonder if he was thinking that. It doesn't say that, but I just wonder if he was. And he had to get off his chariot and humble himself and wash in that Jordan seven times and he was healed. And, you know, it, sometimes reading your Bible, it's a challenge. Obviously, there's, we see there's something against people reading their Bible or it, wouldn't, it would be it would be easier. But you've got to see there's, there's other things at play here that don't want you to read that word. They don't want you to read the good promises of God. They don't want you to know how God, good God is. They don't want you to take hold of the faith in His strength and power and give honor to God. That's why it can be difficult at times. But, um, you know, and may, maybe His... I don't know if it slowly, his, his leprosy slowly went away as he washed, but maybe, maybe nothing happened until the seventh time. And, you know, you can be reading your Bible thinking, yeah, but I'm not getting anything out of this. I've read this. I've read this before. I'm not getting anything out of it. But then, then that seventh time comes, that perfect time comes when God just puts his spirit on something 
and just brings that revelation and it just opens up something and you go, wow, never seen that before. And you get healed. So don't give up washing until you wash for that seventh time. When that, whatever issue it is, whatever thing that you're trying to deal with and get rid of or change or, you know, keep his, his answers are in there and that, and that word will come. It'll come. And maybe when you least expect it. So, you know, as, as Naaman was, um, after he was healed, he, he goes back and he, takes his aid and he can hang, hang around all his people, he probably gave him a hug high five, whatever and and he goes back to Elijah and he says, and he wants to give him a gift there's a thankfulness that has come into Naaman's heart, he acknowledges that God is the God of Israel in other words, God I acknowledge that you're the one that provides strength to me, you're the one that gives me victory and he started honouring and joy came back into his heart. And that peace of mind came back into his heart. He was free now. He could relax in a sense and, and, and commit his life to God and follow after God. And so that, that's what God wants for all of us. Um, and so if we can all stand now, we'll just, we'll just commit, commit it to, to God, what we've, been, what we've looked at. And just, look, if, there's, if you're here and you're thinking, man, I've, I've, got that, I've got that issue, I can see that in my own life, then God wants to heal, heal you of it, just as he healed Naaman and heals others of it. Um, but the solution isn't necessarily one that you might want. You might think, well, just, I don't want to have to read my Bible. I don't want to have to study just get someone to just pray for me. Just get this thing gone. But you see, the, this issue can only be solved by the renewing of the mind. So it has to have the Word of God involved. It has to have the Spirit of God involved in it. It has to have God in it, or it can't be done in that way, in that particular way. So why don't we all close our eyes and bow our heads this morning, and we'll just commit this to God. Jesus, we just pray. Lord, we thank you for your Word. Lord, it's so rich. Lord, it's so abundant, full of life for us. Lord, and we just, um, we just want to humble ourselves, Jesus, and just, and just um, ask, Lord, that, Lord, if, if, if we're struggling with this issue, Lord, we just ask that you could give us the, a soft heart, Lord, that says, I can read my Bible. Give us the ability to go to it, to find our solutions. Give us the ability to meditate on your promises. Give us the, give us the um, love and desire afresh. To, to have faith in your word and to see excellent and wonderful things. God, if we're, if we're struggling with issues of negative thinking about ourselves, Lord, we just reject that, Jesus. It's not how you think about us. It's, it's, it's incorrect, Lord. And we want to take on your mind for us. We want, to, we want to meditate on good things, Lord, about ourselves, about others, about One Heart Church, about our workplace, about, um, about our husbands, about our wives, about our families about our friends. Lord, renew our minds, we pray, that our default, that what we think about so often, focus upon all the time is good things. Lord, and help us, give us the ability to deal with any issues as they come, but help us to do it in a way that's good and right and blesses your heart. Lord, we just commit this to you. 
God, and we just thank you that you're an awesome God, Lord, and you're going to do great things this year. And we believe that it's going to be freedom coming to many areas of our life. And we just thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to heal us and bless us. And it's what you want to do. We thank you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.